Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day.
right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world, my name is Josh. That's Vince Tagliavia. Welcome to Hello. the Project Stadly Dose live with you Monday through Thursday. Oop, we're going to bring her in in just a second. Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. on Wednesday or on Tuesdays. That right there was Tommy Vex's version of Guns N' Roses' Civil War. And uh, just what a prophetic song that is by Guns N' Roses, GNR. Just uh, one of my favorites of all time because it, it reminds you of just the tyranny and oppression that we've gone through just in the last 200 years of the history of this country that people just haven't really noticed. And it's been there. Um, if you're new to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, this is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism, communism's infiltration of the United States of America, the usurping of our United States Constitution, the infiltration of all of our various domains of society, from our social, our cultural, our institutional, our academic, our political, and the destruction of our supply chain, our infrastructure, leading to global economic collapse and potentially even World War III. And we're here to wake people up and inform people of what's happening here in the world. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking to uh, some, some good friends here. We're going to be talking to the Field Cersei. We're going to uh, Sam Carline and Dr. Candace Taylor. We all know Dr. Candace Taylor. We're going to have a little bit of fun talking with them about some occurrences that are going on in Georgia. And so that's going to be a really interesting conversation. I'm actually going to prep a video right now to bring up. And uh, this, this video is actually quite interesting. This is uh, Sam here talking with Governor Kemp. And I want to play this for you guys now because this is going to be the heart of what we're going to talk about here in a second about Georgia and about all the elections in all of the states around our country. Let's pull this up real quick and let's go ahead and play this video. If you get anybody voting, you know, you know, if you give anybody a voting machine, they can hack it. Governor Kemp literally just said that. Kind but of interesting. I'm a Republican, sir. Good. I and, and I hope that you will stand on the, the, the side of truth. I am standing on the side of truth. And winning elections, because that's what matters. Grady County boy here, Field Cersei. Hey, great. Good to see you. How you doing? Like some video. Yeah. <laughs> He's so pissed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's bring in Field Sam and Dr. Candace Taylor. Oh man, what's up, guys? Dude, that that video is awesome. You can just see the despair in his face. He is so angered that you guys just videotaped that whole thing. Yeah, he was furious. He was actually aggressive, and if you keep going in it, he got aggressive. And so it's funny because I think yesterday, day before yesterday, we um, saw. I think it was day before yesterday. We all saw an email that was sent to the Georgia legislators from the GBI which, you know, the director of the GBI is appointed by Brian Kent, and he said, if you feel threatened in any way, please let us know. We'll do a thorough investigation, and we're going, who's threatened them? No one's threatened them. We were so sweet. I was, whenever I was seeing the floor leader earlier that day, and Field was, and he said, sir, we want to make sure we have transparency. Sam was sweet as he could be, but and, and Kent's the one that got aggressive, and his daughter you know, said, sir, it ain't worth it. So that was them. That was the Kent family. That was not anyone else. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Sam, well, I, talk to me about this. I, I didn't feel uh, threatened in any kind of way, nor did I threaten. I just asked a simple question, and it had to do with how voters in Georgia could put any faith in the results of our election system after the Halderman report comes out and says that you know, Georgia voting machines are hackable. And so I think that he had some more to say, 
but uh, his daughter and wife kind of shoot him off and then Field wanted to come in behind me and, and say some things to Governor Kent too. But the fact of the matter is, is I left him a handwritten note in his office August the 1st. He had a lot of people in there and I didn't want to wait around on him, but I just happened to be up there for the state election board meeting with Field and uh, another couple of hundred of our friends in this movement and uh, 50, where 51 of us spoke at the state election board. But, you know, he never called me back. All he had to do was call me back and I wouldn't have had to chase him down wherever he was in, in the middle of the state. You know, so, I, I, how horrible is it right now in the United States of America where we have politicians that do not answer to the people specifically? It, it's like, you know, if... Uh, if a big corporation calls up Governor Kemp's office or left him a note on his desk, do you think he's going to call them back or a Chinese official? I think he would, but if a citizen does, it just gets ignored. Well, in the Georgia Constitution, it says that uh, government originates with the people and at all times officials are amenable to the people. But they, I think they get in office and they forget that. But you know what? This government is based on we the people. Absolutely. Field, Josh, go ahead. There's a whole backstory to the, the Saturday and what happened, how we got there. So a couple of months ago, we heard they were going to have this fish fry. And we decided, why don't we run a table as a vendor? We can set up our hand count demo. We can, you know, recruit some volunteers. We'll have our um, information about what we're doing, our paper please campaign. And so we tried to get a table. And Sam called, he couldn't get it done on the website. So he called the, the chairman of the eighth district GOP and he was flat out told, I'm not gonna sell you a table. He says, you guys crossed the line. So apparently some of our volunteers put a sign, one of our paper police signs in one of his pastures somewhere. I don't even know where he lives. But anyway, that upset him so much. And so we've also heard since then too, that, um, as a concession for Governor Kemp coming to speak Saturday, that there'd be no election integrity uh, vendors or information there. In fact, they had... What's that? Undesirables. Undesirable, yeah, the deplorables. <laughs> so, um, in fact, Voter GA, which has been uh, around for 20 years, Garland Favorito, they had actually paid for a table, and they were told... 48 hours prior to the event, they were not going to be allowed to have their table. And so the night before, we heard that they were not going to let us in even to wear our T-shirts. So we decided we, we were just going to go. We were going to go and, you know, wear our T-shirts, be peaceful, you know, fellowship with our other friends that there were candidates there, other uh, vendor booths we knew of, and see if we could, you know, just talk to people. And so we decided we're just going to go anyway. And we got there. We had our t prepaid tickets. And as soon as we got into the door, we got our wristband. One of the ladies says, well, sorry, you're not going to be able to go. You're not going to be able to come in with those shirts. I says, why not? I says, well, uh, let me let you talk to someone else. And so the chairman came over and said, uh, we're not going to let you in with those shirts. You can either get your money back. You can go change your shirts. And then he had law enforcement come up and says, uh, if you stay, you know, enforce it. We're going to we're going to arrest you for criminal trespass. And so we decided, it's like, you know, let's think about this. What are we going to do here? We, we drove two hours. Sam and I go outside. We decided, let's just change our shirt. We'll go back in. And um, 
And it's really kind of a, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Because if we'd had our shirt on, if we had forced the issue, either we would have got arrested or we would have been avoided like the plague. Kim would have gotten anywhere close to us to ask a question. So it, it all worked out for the good for our side because he didn't, he didn't see our, he, we didn't have our shirt. He didn't know who we were. And Sam was able to get in front of him and ask those questions, which was very important. And of course he exposed himself completely. So, you know, we just have to thank the Lord for that, that uh, event really. Now I got the video here. Was this a public event? Well, it's a GOP fundraiser. They did, they've been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Now, Technically, it probably was considered private since they paid a rental money for the facility. Okay. But morally, you know, if the Republican Party is not for free speech, then what is it yeah. worried about? I mean, I mean it, that's a direct attack on your First Amendment rights. I mean, yeah. come on. Let's so, watch this video. So, real Josh, quick. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you that they, an attorney, a constitutional attorney, he said that it's not really a freedom of speech issue because it wasn't a private event, even though it was advertised publicly. It was not advertised as a... Private uh, uh, And so when you purchase the test, I mean, the purchase the ticket, the ticket's a contract, and it did not require certain dress code. So we got the ticket, then you own it, and it's not requiring dress code, and they just changed it. They did something else, and they offered your money back, but you're actually in a contract. So it really could be a contractual issue because they changed and did the dress code. Right. And that's how he, that's how the attorney explained it. Yeah. Interesting. What's going on? Well, let's play this real quick. He's telling us it's a private event. They can't be in there with their shirts, even though it's the 8th District Republican Party public organization. Okay, we do. Yes, listen. All y'all, all y'all are criminally trespassed. If you don't leave, you're about to go to jail for criminal trespass. No, 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 no. Listen, this is what you need to understand. Okay, this is a private. It is a private event. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. This is a private event. This, I'm telling you, as a representative of the fairgrounds, I work here. I'm the chief of police. This is a private ticketed event. Ma'am, I'm telling you today, this is a private event, okay? And if you have purchased a ticket, that's fine. They will refund your money, but they are asking you to leave. So if you do not leave, you can be subject to an arrest. This is just atrocious that we're even having this discussion about this. I mean, you're wearing a shirt about election integrity. I mean, isn't that something that Republicans should stand behind and stand by? Or is there just too much of a big old good old boys club in the state of Georgia that they don't want that getting out? They don't want to discuss that. They don't want to talk about that. Well, here's the thing, uh, Josh. I think the the reason is they're trying to save face. Uh, Back in 2019, the Georgia legislature on a party line vote, Republicans voted to spend $107 million to purchase the Dominion voting machine. Uh, the Democrats were against it for a lot of reasons, security reasons, uh, system being outdated, you know, a lot of things. And um, the thing is, these machines were supposed to last 10 years. And the day they were installed, they were already, software was already out of date by two years or more. And there were not going to be any other security updates available for parts of the software. But they financed the whole deal on 20-year bond. So how conservative is that? I mean, what in the world are we doing here? 
Well, I, I remember during all the controversy right after the election in 2020, uh, we did a lot of research on this because Georgia was one of those states that was sticking out like a sore thumb. And one of the things that we found was that each machine had to be certified and that there was a company that Georgia had hired to actually go out there and certify these. The company was actually from Florida or Alabama. It was either Alabama or Florida. They weren't even in the state. And it was a one-man company. It was basically just some dude who's an IT guy that comes in there and certifies it. But the certification wasn't even signed and dated before the election. And so, I mean, these and the same thing happened in Arizona. The same thing happened in Colorado. I went to the Colorado documents. We had the same thing in the Colorado documents. It's some no-named IT company that you've never heard of that goes in there. They look over all these devices, make sure the firmware is all up to date. They make sure that every all the bells and whistles are, are operating. And they're supposed to have a certification date on each machine. Well, they don't have these. They didn't have them in Colorado. They didn't have them in Georgia. They don't have them in Arizona. And this is like if you ever got a speeding ticket and they use LIDAR or they use radar and they don't have a calibration date on that, then your ticket is null and void because they have to they have to go and calibrate those things every day uh, with barometric temper, temperature and all these other things. And if you don't have that calibrated, I believe it's uh, quarterly, then that null and void your ticket. Well, it's the same thing with elections. How can we test the accuracy of an election? If we don't have the proper machinery and technology that that is safe and secure, that that is vulnerable to a large degree. And, you know, I think that there's a reckoning coming because I think that the information of these uh, voting machines actually being hacked or influenced in some way, degree, shape or form is going to come out and it's going to come out very fast. And I know there's a lot of information that has come out, but we know by looking at this publicly. Well, to be specific, I mean, to be specific. Yeah. It's running Windows Server 2010, which Microsoft did their last software up, updates, the regular updates, in 2018. Mm-hmm. And the software was installed in 2020. And the, the, the ballot marking devices, it's an Android operating system. It's a tablet. It's like a touchscreen. Yep. It's running uh, Android 5.1. In 2020, they had already released Android 10. And there's not been any software updates on either of those versions since then. We're talking about three to five years since there's been any kind of security update on either one of those particular systems. Well, we were told it was a 2007 software, so I'm not sure, you know, where that came from. But that's what we were told. We had a a secret meeting in Buckhead and they had all the data experts there and the people who had the contracts and looked at the actual machines. And they said it was a 2007 software and there's components of it that have some newer pieces. But the software itself was 2007. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But these were the experts looking at it. And if you think about 2007 and we're in 2023, you know, 2007, the first iPhone came out in the summer. You know how old that first iPhone was. We're talking about a system that at least a piece of it is 2007, which was the original iPhone. And so I'm not a tech guru by any means, but my husband is. And he says, you can write over code with code. They worry about the mules. They worry about, you know, ballot harvesting. And you worry about the 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 suitcases being pulled out and rescanned and rescanned. But he said, in reality, it doesn't matter how much of all that you do. You can never ever beat somebody going in and typing in a code to whatever they number they want to say. And I'm telling you, in the Republican primaries in Georgia for governor, we've gone back eight times. And it shows the increments from 300,000 voter turnout to 500,000 to 600,000, back to 500,000, and then it jumps 
to 1.1 million. That didn't happen. So when they're talking about recalling Brian or doing something to get rid of the governor, you can't because that many people didn't vote. So how are you going to get that many signatures? You're not. And that's the reality. We have over a million voters in the Republican primary. That did not happen. Well, and if you look at what just happened in Brazil, I mean, you had um, uh, Sullivan, the national security advisor to the president, head over to Brazil right before the, the election when Bolsonaro was ejected out and, and, and De Silva won. And you, you see the trend line, the same thing that we saw in 2018 in, 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 um, in a lot of the governor races, the same thing that we saw in 2020 with the presidential race. You see this trend line and all of a sudden they take off and they just spool up at that one to two to 3% level and they win the election and everybody's all sad and happy. You know, you're talking about windows 10, windows seven. I mean, I, I come from a cybersecurity background, tech background, um, Android devices, they work on windows platforms. They work off of an emulator. So this is basically a spooled up secondary machine running in the backdrop that runs an emulator. The Android's loaded onto it and they can run applications on that. These things are incredibly vulnerable to hacking. And I, you know, it's funny that they actually utilize that. They wouldn't utilize like a base Linux system or something like this to do it. But I don't want to get into the tech nerdy stuff on this. But we know that our elections are vulnerable. We know this. We need to go back to just paper ballots. And we need to go back to election day is a holiday. Everybody needs to have their driver's license certified with a, a voting imprint on it. Boom, I can vote. I'm a voter. I'm 18 and above. I have a driver's license. Yes, I can vote. Just like you, you're an organ donor, it says, I'm an organ donor. Right on the back, it says, I can vote. It's really easy. It's just a little thing that they just add to your driver's license. Everybody's required to have one. You show up, you show your driver's license, you match it to them, they scan it. It pulls up in the system and says, oh, you're a registered Republican or you're a registered Democrat. Here's your primary. And they're in the general elections. Oh, okay, well, now you can go vote. And all you do is you contain this information on an immutable blockchain. On something that goes in there, it records, hey, this driver's license number, this one right here does not bring about your identity, voted for this person on this day, and that calculated the 1,433,219th vote for this candidate. And if we had that level of accuracy, which the technology is there, there would be no question or doubt of who wins elections. The lottery system can figure it out, Josh. I know, right? Right, right Vince? Like they know who won that lottery ticket, what store, oh, yeah. what what time of day. They may not know the person's name, but they know they can pull the camera system and match it. They know from the lottery ticket. If they can figure it out with lottery tickets, I mean, how much more important is voting? I mean, seriously. Well, I think the lottery system's rigged too, but I'm just a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Well, Eddie, I, I believe so too, but they can still tell you they can match the person to the number. Yep, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so Sam and Field, what are the plans here in Georgia? What are you guys working on to try to bring about some integrity into the elections? What, what are your plans here working in the 2024? Hey, Field, what county were, were we in Tuesday night? Harrelson. Harrelson County, Tuesday night. We did a hand count, paper ballot, hand count road show where we had, I don't know, 60 or so people there watching us uh uh, count paper ballots by hand and an older gentleman came up to me and told me that he recalled actually being in the precinct and hand counting those paper ballots himself back in the day and he said it's absolutely doable and he said we didn't wait until a week later to find out what the results were we knew that night Amen. we want to do we get back to where one person one vote 
where I take my hand and I squibble in the little mark on the ballot. And uh, then I hand it over to my neighbor to count, who I know. And we keep it in the precinct and we, we break this away from being centralized. And that's what we're all about. Because I want to explain something really quick, and then Field, I want you can know this too. But they in Georgia, we do not have ballots at all. Okay, we are the only state in the union that uses a touch screen. So we're using a disability device to vote. We touch screen our vote. We do not bubble. So in our constitution in Georgia, it says that you should be able to adjudicate your ballot to see voter intent. Well, that's impossible in Georgia because we don't have voter intent because we've touch screened a ballot and we've printed it. And research shows, they've done a research study, that 90% of people that print their ballot do not even check it. And I'm telling you, I had thousands of people that voted for Candace Taylor in the primary who printed a ballot and it said Brian Kent. They reported it. I have hundreds of affidavits that state that very thing. And they'd say, hey, wait a minute. I didn't vote for Brian Kemp. I voted for Candace Taylor. And they'd have to say, oh, we'll let you go back and re-vote. Okay, well, where'd the first vote go? So anyway, they print a ballot. They print a receipt, not a ballot. And that... It's fixing to uh, uh, correct you on that. It is not a ballot. It's right. a they print a receipt. And they take that receipt and it has a QR code. And that QR code has embedded in there the person that you chose supposedly and you scan it in and so we never have a ballot at all by georgia law we're supposed to we don't we have a paper receipt with a qr code that we cannot see voter intent we're supposed to, be to see our voter intent and they said okay well you can see the printed name but that's not what the law doesn't say a printed name it says that you can see your vote you cannot verify what's in that qr code and when you scan it the machines it does not read the name printed it reads the qr code so no we do not know what the qr code says so it's and it's been ruled unlawful by a federal judge amy totenberg and they field i want you to explain to the georgia law and what it says and why we can go to paper right now so um it's really a spoiled a spoiled ballot because it has a QR code which Dominion puts on there and it has a printed words that you supposedly entered on the ballot marking device. So it's really got two votes on the, on that ballot and only the QR code is the one that's counted. So um, in Georgia code, it says that um, the ballot has to be humanly readable and it's not. And Judge Amy Totenberg, federal judge, she declared in the the curling versus raffensburg case that it violated state law it violated 21-2-300 but we have in the code provisions to uh whenever it's impracticable to use the ballot marking electronic machines to go to a hand paper count and that's 21-2-33344 and there's already in the code procedures and rules for doing a hand count paper ballot uh, in emergency situation. So we already have the, the code to do it. We just need to have a special session to force all all counties to, to do a hand count. Because if you just do, uh, we have 159 counties in Georgia. There are four or five major counties in the metro area of Atlanta that can overshadow all the other 155 counties. So unless it's mandated from the, from the state level, um, we don't know what we're going to get. And um, we really, I mean, if we get a special session, 
that's what we would like to have and get both sides of the aisle to support it. In fact, the Democrats voted against this Dominion system in 2019, <laughs> a party line. They voted against it. Yep. Um, we're, we're always told that leadership doesn't want it. Leadership doesn't want it from my representatives, but we, so we don't have the numbers. So have you even asked any of the Democrats if they would be willing to support a special session for this? Well, well do you think that it was the Republicans who have controlled Georgia for a, while, a long time, the, the good old boys club that stole the election from Stacey Abrams? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Stole it using these machines from Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams calls them out. And to pay them back, they gave the election to Joe Biden in 2020. No, I don't. Th- the machines were not there when Stacey lost okay. in 2018. So I think this is me. This is my conspiracy theory. I think Stacey Abrams cheated. And I think instead of Brian Kemp dealing with it as SOS, I think he cheated back because he only won by 50,000 votes. And I think mm-hmm. the reason why they wanted to kill each other, but they were back and forth, back and forth, back and forth about this, had a lawsuit, it was all this drama. Is because they both know they both cheated. But in mm. reality, Brian Kent would have won by way more than that. We're very Republican. We're not close to being purple. And I think that's what happened in 2018. And I think in 2020, she was asked to run. I think she didn't campaign very hard. She didn't care. I think she had a payout and she didn't fight it whenever he won because it was all a sham. It was all theater. And you would never convince me otherwise of that because it wasn't even close. And how do you go from being so close in 18, President Trump losing in 2020, and then him have a blowout in 2022, which is the second term when people don't turn out to vote as much? It makes no sense whatsoever. Except for that Senate race. Yeah, and then the Senate race where Herschel Walker lost when people in Georgia love him. He's one of the most beloved members of our state because he won the national championship and we didn't win again until recently and we won two in a row. I'm going there Saturday, matter of fact, before the game. (laughs) Go dogs. But the point is, people turned out for Herschel, and they voted for Herschel and voted for nobody else. Literally, I cannot tell you the number of people that tweeted, that commented, that posted, that told me, my own volunteers, I begged them to go vote. They said, we're voting for Herschel, we're voting for nobody else. I will not vote for Brian Kemp because they could not stand what happened to President Trump. But yet, Herschel lost. And then everybody that was in the top seats read one. That doesn't happen. That's not happening. People did not go in and vote for for a man who calls himself a pastor and justifies abortion with scripture and had Fidel Castro in his church. Warnick did not beat Herschel. It's a it's a joke. I agree. So do do you foresee First Amendment protests coming up in Georgia moving into 2024 to make these motions happen to get these hearings that you guys are that you guys are requesting? So what's happened since all this happened this weekend, they're coming out of the woodworks. We've got House and Senate members coming out in Georgia and they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on social media, they're everywhere. And they're talking about, we can't do this. And like Field said, you know, leadership won't let us do this. And it's constant banter back and forth, but they're riled up and they're getting defensive because their constituents are applying pressure. So that's what we're going to do. The guys just started talking about it. We're going to apply pressure. We're not going to stop. They're doing these hand count road shows. And I'll let them tell you all some more things that we have in the works. But basically, the House members and Senate members are all stirred up. So much so, and so much pressure from that video going viral with Sam, that they, the governor spoke today. They threatened with the GBI two days ago. If they feel threatened, let somebody know, trying to back everybody off. Today, he came out and he said, we will not be calling a special session. I didn't call it in 2020 because it's unconstitutional, which is not true. 
-hmm. and I will not call it today in 2023. Nothing's changed. We will not have a special session because Colton Moore, our senator in Northeast Northwest Georgia, has asked for a special session to look at the criminal violations that Fannie Willis has done in, in her 19 indictments that are unlawful. And so he's asked for them to come together. They have the they have the law in their favor. They have the right as a congressional body to come in and a legislative body to come in together and to look at any criminal law that was broken, any criminal means that she's taken that she should not justify doing, and they can impeach her. That is their right to do that as a legislative yeah. body. And so anyway, he said we will not be calling a session for that. She's not done anything wrong. That's not for him to decide. That's well, I mean, you had you had Newt Gingrich, and whether people love Newt or hate Newt, I, I don't think it matters. He he was on, I forget which, I think it was Hannity, and he said that uh, I, I had a friend, very good, close friend, who's still active in, in government, call me up the other day and said that the White House made the call on Friday to Fannie Willis's office that you need to indict Donald Trump on Monday. And she said, we aren't ready. And they said, we don't care. You need to do it Monday because they wanted to cover up all the crap coming out about Joe Biden. That's why the clerk made the mistake by hitting the send button instead of save when the grand jury apparently hadn't even voted yet, but the results were already out. And I mean, this is botched from the beginning. And here's the thing is if somebody called from the White House to Fannie Willis, whether it's personal cell phone or to her office, guess what? There's a record of that. And if there's a record of that, that should be subpoenaed by the Congress, the House, right there in, in in Georgia, and people should be able to hear that. People should be able to see that if that accusation is true or not. And here's the thing is these people record this stuff all the time. I'd love for that to come out because it would exonerate Donald Trump immediately. And we already, he's already exonerated. I mean, literally, the, the charges are just BS. I mean, Vince, what do you think about a Republican governor protecting a Democrat called by a Democrat White House? Mm-hmm. I think, <clears throat> I think the corruption is far and wide. Honestly, I think that it's a bigger mess than I uh, most people think, or your average person believes. It's well, wild. It's a lot of work. Level, we're tired of it. We need to get rid of all these career politicians. Uh, and if let me tell you, if we don't get our uh, election straightened out this year then they're not going to be able to get in the building come the session that they have in January because there's going to be so many of us on the lawn of that place. Oh, yeah. It comes time to uh, vote next time. There's going to be a lot of people running against them. We are not going to let this happen. Amen. All right, yeah. Well, And, and that's what needs to happen. You need to have those First Amendment protests. You know, um, James Madison in Federalist 46 said that there's four ways to curb a tyrannical and oppressive government if it ever did arise. And he said the first one is disquietude, and that's what this is. Getting out there, speaking, yelling and screaming at your politicians. The second one is civil disobedience, exactly what you're talking about there. Getting out and making sure, hey, you're not going into this building that we own because we are the people and you're not listening to us. And then the second two are an outspoken governor, which you don't have. And then state legislation that counteracts federal tyranny, which you don't have. But then the goes and results back to the first two is disquietude and civil disobedience. And, and that's what we really, really need a large dose of here in the United States of America. 
you know, we need to make it that soon these people will not be able to walk down the street because they're being bombarded with questions or being bombarded by constituents, asking them questions, asking them why they aren't representing them in Washington, D.C., why they're not representing them in Georgia. And so there's a there's something coming. And I think that we all feel it and we all know it. And that the 2024 election, you know, I, I was listening. If anybody doesn't know who Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio is the chairman of Bridgewater Capital and uh, multi-billionaire worth like 14 billion. He sits on the board of the World Economic Forum, all the globalist agenda stuff. He did an interview back in March where he said, you know, I worry about the 2024 election because we have a very, very heightened situation to where we're going into an election where our country is incredibly divided to where if the Democrats win, the Republicans are going to rise up and there's going to be a civil war. He goes, but the problem is, is that the Republicans win, the Democrats are going to rise up and there will be a civil war. And so this is what they're planning for. This is what they're expecting. The good thing is there's way more of us than there are of them. (laughs) It's true. It's very true. It's very true. And they'll see if they rise up and try to do something stupid because I don't want us ever to go to a physical war. We're in an information war right now. We are in an information war. And I want to stay there and I want them to do their job, like Sam said, get the job done and let's go back and let's save our freedom. But if they don't do that, there's nothing any of us can do on this call right now on this on this show that will stop the people because they will not stand for their freedom to be lost and then not be to feed their children. They will not stand for it. Absolutely. Uh, Field, Sam, you guys got anything else to add on final comments here? I just want your uh, callers to go to our website, georgiansfortruth.org. And that's where our paper please uh, paper ballot please campaign is you can go there and download our push cards print these out on your own computer we have yard signs that you can have printed locally we have t-shirts for sale and we have um, templates that you can use at your county level to go to your board of commissions or board of elections you can uh, customize these for your county and it, it outlines uh, the facts the law the cybersecurity reports all that information is available there to download free of charge. We're not charging anything for that. We do sell our shirts because we have a cost there, mm-hmm. but all the other material is free to download. We have other videos and content. Go to our Facebook and Twitter, share that out. And we need people to keep the pressure at all levels. We really say it's a county by county grassroots campaign, but we're doing it from the top too. We're, we're trying to reach the legislature and the governor from all angles. Now, if there's people out there that would like to help you guys take part in this, donate all this, they can contact you guys on Georgian, georgiansfortruth.org, correct? Right. They can donate money there as well. We have uh, statewide uh, billboard campaigns we need money for. Uh, we're putting up the paper police billboards and secure our vote called, you know, specific um, elected representatives. So there's there's billboards we can get pretty reasonable around the state. We need money for that. So um, anything that you can do to help, we appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Sam, go ahead. I I was just going to say that obviously uh, Governor Kemp was rattled at my getting close to him that close. Also, Raffensperger that day, there's another clip video of him running from me. And and I'm going to tell you, our people, the Georgians, need to get in all these legislators' space and pressure them very much and then we'll get some uh we'll we'll get some more gang ground thank y'all for having us thanks sam thank you field thank you candace taylor 
non-sarcastically. If other states want to use the stuff, please. Like we have in Arizona, other people are wanting to use paper, please. Paper balance, please. We would love it. I know it sounds Southern because we say please, but we mean (laughs) when we say please, we mean you better do it because if you don't, bless your heart, you're going to be in a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, non-sarcastically, guys, thank you for videoing and keep up the good fight. I miss you, Vince. I hadn't seen you forever. I know. It's very good to see you. Y'all too. Uh, thanks for coming on. All right. Good night, Sam. Good night, God Phil. Good night. Thank you. Have a good Take care. God Thank bless you. you all. All right. Well, guys, there you have it. That's what's going on in Georgia over there. And, you know, this is something that needs to happen, that we need to we need to take notice of this. We need to go out there and we need to be active. And I wanted to have them on because this just goes to show that other people in other states are being active. They're getting out there. They're confronting their politicians. They're confronting the governor. They're getting in situations where they see them. They get them right face to face and they ask them those tough questions. And that's really the key here is you have to hold them accountable. Soon they will not be able to walk down the street. Absolutely, dude. This needs to happen in every community a lot more. It absolutely does. And talking about not being able to walk down the street, how about this one? This is a video I saw. I don't know if this is old or not, but I've never seen this before. Soon, they will not be able to walk down the street. How about this one? You murdered Bill Guy! You have Yes, that's Bill Gates's car. Whoa. And that is a whole bunch of people surrounding it. You murderer, genocider. Soon they will not be able to walk down the streets, people. And here's the thing is the more and more you put that pressure on them, the more and more fear that you instill within their mind, within their, within their brains and the less action that they're going to try to take next time when they try to lash out against us. Interesting time to be alive. They simply won't be able to get away with everything at that point. Once everybody's informed. Well, here's the thing is they're caught red handed. They're they're, It's, over okay it's over the the thing the key the key is is just when is that catalyst event going to come out that makes both sides incredibly vulnerable and the people finally say let's go let's do this it's time and whatever that is i don't know but we can all feel it brewing i mean listen we have a rogue executive branch of our federal government we have a Congress and Senate, and I'll say a Congress and Senate, who don't give two flying shits about us, okay? If you think that Congress is working in our best interest, you are disillusioned, okay? We have Kevin McCarthy, who we have the Jeffersonian motion against, which Matt Gates can stand up anytime and take his vote back for him being Speaker of the House, okay? Anytime he wants. We have the 20 Freedom Caucus who can stand up and say, Matt, um, we, we impose the Jeffersonian motion. Speaker, the Kevin McCarthy, you're no longer the speaker. We want a new vote. Okay. It's basically calling for a quorum. So the question is, is why did we get the debt ceiling lifted? Why hasn't Joe Biden been impeached yet? Why haven't all of these other things, Mayorkas, 
Ray, why haven't they been impeached yet? Why are we only having one hearing at a time only about Joe and Hunter? Why aren't we looking into the crime and the corruption of Russia, Russia, Russia? We had the Durham report came out, which was very, very accusatory of the FBI and the uh, Biden, or sorry, the Obama administration and the, the Democrat Congress. Why are these people still there? The reason is, is because it's a good old boys club. You know, do you know why the Eagle was the representation of the Roman Empire? Why? Because an eagle has two wings and only two wings. And the eagle is the brain of the left and the right. Hmm. That's why we have a left wing and we have a right wing. And the eagle is the brain of the left wing and the right wing. You know, speaking of that, I could get into esotericism. I'm not going to get into Washington, D.C., Capital Line Hill and what all that means and symbolism. So where do we want to go with this? Let's talk about this part. Active shooter, at least two dead, multiple injured at shooting at the Arbitorium Shopping Center in Austin, Texas. This is what, four days in a row with mass shootings? Something like that. It's nonstop. And uh, I think this is just the beginning. I said it's almost like these shootings are planned right before a big Second Amendment bill comes to the floor. Congress is back in about 11 days. And how much do you want to bet that Senate's going to impose a new bill and say, hey, we need to do something about these guns. So oh. Joe Biden's going to come out and sign an executive order. You know what they could potentially do? That 1,000% tax on ammunition. Yeah. And I bet you it won't happen at the federal level. It'll happen at the state level. They might. Just like they did with cigarettes. Well, think about how much more money they could get through the border that way, too. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember, it was last week we talked about this Russian scientist. The one guy who worked on the uh, the Soviet space program. His last lifelong project was this last moon mission. His name mm-hmm. was uh, uh, Vitaly, uh, Vitaly Men- Menikov. He was 77 years old. You remember I I played that clip where he said that, uh, hey, the Russian government needs to come out and tell the truth. I just want you to tell the truth. This is my life's work. You need to tell the people what happened. And all of a sudden he was in the hospital. This is like last week. What was he alleging happened? I don't remember those. That's the thing is he he dropped before he could tell people what happened. Uh He died. Top Russian space scientist dies of mushroom poisoning today. Mushroom poisoning. Wow. Sneaky. Yeah. So what was it that the Russian government was covering up on the moon? Because the spacecraft was approaching, everything was good, and all of a sudden, do you want to know what it was that most likely the Russian government is not saying anything about? An attack? I don't know. Guessing. That some foreign country has weapons on the moon, and they just used them against their spacecraft. Maybe. that's my guess. And and that's a warning, symbolic warning to Russia. Fafo, fuck around and find out. Don't come here. And that's my thoughts on it. And that's what I think that that scientist wanted to put out there. So Donald Trump today, as predicted, And I love this. So we had a few different predictions of what Ron DeSantis was all about, right? 
Now let's check this out. Let's let's listen to Donald Trump here. Involved with Ron, a lot of people were saying, do you think he can make it? I said, he's going to make it because he's a champ, he's a winner. And I want you to say a few words. Ron, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Great to be with you all. And let me just say, Mr. President, given your change of registration, welcome home to Florida. All right. So what's that clip all about? Governor Ron DeSantis' $50 million super PAC is shutting down as donors are beginning to jump ship. Where are they going? According to the Daily Mail, the super PAC will now be backing Donald Trump after they accused the governor of making rookie shit mistakes. So hold on. Really? Go back. Go back months. When I was talking about when Ron DeSantis, months, yeah, a year. When Ron DeSantis said he was going to run for president, we were all like, uh-oh, and Trump started attacking him. I said this could be a few different things. One of the things that this could be was that Ron DeSantis is basically this stooge that Donald Trump is going to put out there, completely embarrassed, but all the rhinos are going to jump in and begin supporting Ron DeSantis. All the money is going to flow into Ron DeSantis, and then Trump will know who's loyal, who's not, who's a rhino, who's not. And then when DeSantis drops out, all that money, flow to Trump. Hmm. Maybe. There it is. Well, we had different theories, but, I mean, one of them had to be right after a while, right? But <laughs> I guess, but that's interesting. I, did, I was unaware of that. So, wow. guys, I know Alex Trebek is dead, but this is one of the last episodes that he did film. This is a, definitely one that you need to check out and watch. Let's uh, let's listen to Alex Trebek on Jeopardy here with the final Jeopardy question. Final Jeopardy category for this final, animals. This slow-moving reptile raced against the hare in the famous book, The Tortoise and the Hare. Looks like, uh, oops, Mitch McConnell had a micro stroke there trying to answer the question. Boom, boom, Mike. Well, apparently, that is, isn't that what happened though? Is I think it was uh, his doctors just came out, right? They, yeah, they, he was checked. He was checked out, and they I, said he gave him a clean bill of health. But yeah. um, when looking yeah. at that, you don't have to be a doctor to see it. What? Oh, he had a micro stroke. Oh yeah, and they also said like, yeah, he's you know he's he's cleared, he's good. It was probably he was just a little dehydrated. Yeah, it's, I have consulted with Leader McConnell and conferred with his neurological team. After evaluating yesterday's incident, I have informed Leader McConnell that he is medically clear to continue with his schedule as planned. Occasional lightheadedness. What? Where do they come up with these doctors? Well, whoever you know wants to take the money. Unbelievable. Talking about money, let, let's get in the money for a second. Goldman Sachs suspects now suspects only a 20% chance of a U.S. recession in the next 12 months. Thank goodness. Nobody has to worry anymore. Go back home, America. (laughs) Your government will take care of you. We love you. We got this. Don't worry. We just changed the definition of recession for your own good. 
dude, they're really propagandizing. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. So Moody's comes out and says global growth is set to slow, but there are pockets of resilience. Yeah, there, there's something called the BRICS nation, which is going to completely crash the Western energy market and hyperinflate the dollar and produce de-dollarization. But okay, sure, good job, Moody's. Uh, right after you downgraded 50% of the banks in the U.S. and we're heading into a global crisis in the fourth quarter because the third quarter is going to be a, a astronomically horrible for the banks, especially after a trillion dollars left in just like seven months. Yeah, they're this is all jokes. Any financial headline you're reading anywhere, any day, yep. except like an independent media source or something, they're all lies. It's just insane to see the propaganda out there. Farmers insurance reducing staff by 2,400 people in layoffs. Uh, Salesforce CEO Mark Beninoff may pull Dreamforce conference from San Francisco over homelessness and drugs. Dollar general plunges on missed earnings outlook slashed. It, you know, it, it's a sad state of affair when people don't have money to survive and dollar general is losing profits. Like, well, they always used to have things for a dollar, right? It's not like that anymore. It's five dollars like, now. When I was a kid, everything was literally a dollar at these places. Well, you have to right? go to Dollar Tree for that. Am I right or am I right though? No, no. Dollar General used to be everything a dollar, and Dollar Tree is still everything a dollar. They have some things that are like fifty cents and some things that are like two dollars. But you usually won't find anything over two dollars at Dollar Tree. Dollar General, though, they have like five dollar items. They have expensive items, or like not expensive, but nothing near a dollar. You know, and things that you wouldn't expect that are like priced so well, high. Maybe that's like what it is. is they, they've just raised a lot of the prices. Layoffs yeah. incoming. Walmart teams up with wings for high speed drone deliveries to 60,000 homes in Dallas. 60,000 homes in Dallas. This is where they're going to want you to be, folks. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get your anything delivered. And there's not going to be any stores to go to. I think the same thing with Amazon Air. You look at their map. You're good in Seattle. You're good in Dallas. You're good in LA. You're good in the smart city locations. Anywhere else, anywhere else, you're not going to have deliveries. That's mm. my theory. I think that they're going to try to cut everybody off. Come to the city if you want deliveries, if you want these perks. Well, I think that you're spot on right with that. Is that that's exactly what we're going to happen is we're going to see basically a formulation that if you're not in the city or the general vicinity of these areas, then you are cut off from civilization. You guys, I can see I'm, it happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I absolutely can see it happening too. Donald Trump waves arraignment, enters not guilty plea today. Um, the tr- Georgia trial will be televised and live streamed. Hmm. You know. Here we go. Going back to this, I mean, you have to look at the goals of these people, and to to understand the globalist goals, you have to understand the implementation that they're actually doing. Right. Yeah. So, like, where are you? Are you getting at? Like, how do they benefit from this, or what's their plan? What's their next move? To kind of thing. Well, think about it. Let's yeah. just logically analyze the situation here, right? Mm-hmm. Are they reducing the amount of food on the planet? Yeah. Okay. They, they are restricting through ESG and global climate change agendas the amount of food that can be produced by countries. Undoubtable. Okay. Yeah. They are trying to control access to water and land. They immediately came out and said that you will own nothing and you will like it. They are banning gas stoves. They are banning gas 
everything equipment. They are banning gas cars. Electric cars typically have a 300-mile uh, radius and then a multiple 10 to 20-hour charge time after that, which limits the mode of transportation. So they're trying to limit the distance that a human being can travel. Right? Oh, Vince froze. No, actually, I was looking at that this morning. Five-hour charge time if you use a normal outlet, and that's one thing they tell people. Just use a normal outlet. You don't need a special charger. Five days to charge me, it. Yeah, five days. It takes me thirty, you know, three minutes to fill up my tank of gas. Um, are they limiting gas and oil on the planet? Mm-hmm. Big time. Hardcore. Are they supporting an infrastructure of green energy, solar and wind? Yes. Are they building an infrastructure within all new developments to adhere to that new energy component? Everything energy. new must conform to okay. these state requirements, which are flown down or sent down from above. Now, the, the problem with solar and wind mm -hmm. is they're just not sustainable. There's cloudy days. There's winter. There's, there's, there's different temperature aberrations that cannot be accounted for to where you need some supplementation. You can all That's, agree on that? Oh, yeah. Which means that the whole globe went to solar and wind, the amount of energy consumed would have to be drastically decreased. So we have a decrease in the amount of food, a decrease in the amount of energy produced, a decrease in the amount of land utilization, a decrease in the level of transportation, is there something else that must decrease if those things decrease as well? Population. Oh, population. Or it might just... Yeah. Well, there's actually a mathematical um, um, formula or rule out there developed by social scientists that proclaims that population is directly proportional to the amount of energy utilization within a society. The energy utilization is directly proportional to the amount of food that is produced. The amount of food produced is directly proportional to the level and the, uh, the, the, the number of population. And so if you reduce energy and food, population has to decrease. Now you add in the vaccine, it starts to make a lot more sense. But the question really is why? Why would they want to depopulate the world? I mean... You know, if you think about the New World Order for the longest time, the, this, these family bloodlines have ruled over this planet for, for millennia. They've done it in secret. And they've done it incredibly efficiently. That They had the whole world eating out of their hands. They didn't have to do anything, and they could have stayed in control, and nobody would have known any different. Why now? What? Why inject everybody with a bioweapon to get rid of? Why introduce an energy infrastructure that degrades the quality of life of people? Don't know. I talked about it today on uh, Tara Crete's podcast, um, Sacred Valley podcast. And this is just one of the theories I have is what if there is a cycle and that we're going to go into a very, very um, vulnerable time for our planet with the solar cycles that are coming up? And okay. there's going to be upheavals. There's going to be volcanic eruptions. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be stronger and stronger hurricanes and tornadoes. And it's going to destroy the ability to produce food. It's going to destroy the ability for, for mining and production. That a lot of the global population is going to perish 
during this time. This is why our ancestors had caverns and caves that could fill millions of people underground. This is why we find broken civilizations, damaged and destroyed civilizations off the coastland because of this. This is why we have stories within biblical scriptures of floods, of destruction by God's hand. So what if they know that this is going to happen? And what they're doing is they're setting everything up so that they can come out on top. Think about it. Solar, if, if they're taking solar panels and they already have the infrastructure in place and they're storing millions of these things in a secure location that they know won't be affected, then after whatever cataclysm happens, they simply just come out, plug in, and they got electricity. Where is if you didn't have solar panels, you come out, everything's destroyed, who's going to go mine the gas? Who's going to go drill the oil? Who's going to refine it if 85% of the population is gone? How are you going to survive if all the livestock is dead? Well, there's plenty of insects during that point in time. You see what they're, you see kind of what they're doing is they're building this situation to where they're prepared for this cataclysm that potentially could come that eliminates humanity. And they come out as the victors in control of the technology and with the people in safe and secure 15-minute cities. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. But it's like the only scenario that I can wrap my head around that makes a lot of sense. Other than because if you you take the direction of power and greed, right? They're just money-hungry, powerful, greedy, evil son of a bitches. Okay. Everybody has their motivations. But they had all of that before now. They had all of that. And they didn't have to do anything. And they could have kept it all. They could have controlled every government on the planet, every top leader. They could have toppled and replaced. They could have done anything they wanted. They didn't need to come forth. They didn't need to bring this agenda out. But they did. Why? And it wasn't because of Donald Trump, because it was being exposed long before that. But I really do think that there are factions at work here, that there are various factions at this table. That were, what we're witnessing is a war of the roses, and they all disagree about what happens next with humanity, what happens next with this planet. You have some evil son of a bitches out there that want to eliminate all the population. They want to do it through ritualistic sacrifice. They want to utilize their dark magic to give them more power. You have other people out there that see and understand maybe potentially what's coming, but they want to expose the truth of what's happening. They want to stop lying to humanity and they want to bring humanity up to, uh, to this point of understanding the world around them. And then you have other people who are kind of stuck in the middle, just opportunists playing both sides. There's a lot of speculation we could do here on it, but at the end of the day, what we begin to realize is that the future that these people called elitists or globalists or the leaders of the world and the nation states are producing is not the world that you and I envision. It's not the world that you and I want. It's not the one we desire or we wish for. And here's the thing is we're not going back to 2019. You're never going to have that same world that you had in 2019. It's not coming back. You're not going to have the way of life that you had in 2016, 2017, 2018, 1996, 1995. That is gone. You're never going to get that level of of freedom back because that freedom was in ignorance for a very long time. Because although we believed that we had this level of freedom, it was that belief in that freedom which gave us that feeling inside. We didn't. We were under control. 
if you mentioned the word psychological warfare in 1996, while you're playing, you know, with your friends on your street in your hometown, people would look at you like you're crazy, but it was happening then. And it's happening now. And see, the thing is, is that we become more understanding of the world that we live in as we move forward after all these traumas have occurred to the psyche of humanity over the last decades. And so 2019 ain't coming back. But you know what? 2025 could be the world that we all envision. One where the evil is brought out of the darkness into the light and it's exposed. Where good people start taking down these criminal cartels, these these crime syndicates, these, these top leading families in the world who have exploited mankind for thousands of years and, and basically took an, taken all of our wealth. There can be a point in time in the future where humanity rises up and we, we formulate a, a, a government for the people, by the people, and of the people that is truly that, that has your God-given rights in mind. And here's the thing is if we had to rewrite the Constitution right now, guess what? There would be some very, very fine details we would put in it. The Second Amendment, I'd be going in there and I'd be like, uh, shall not be infringed and you're not going to touch my pistol, my handgun or any weapon at the time. And you're not going to limit my amount of ammunition. And yes, I can have fully automatic and I can carry it on me at all times at any place. Right. Th that's how we would write the constitution right now. Yeah. The first amendment, I'd be saying stuff like you're never going to infringe on my first amendment. Right. Doesn't matter if there's a pandemic, a pandemic, a global war, economic meltdown, natural cataclysm, dis disaster, doesn't matter. I can say whatever I want, wherever I want, as long as it's public property and it's not a private event or, you know, trespass lands. This is how we would write that now. And here's the thing is we're coming into that transitionary period where we're going to have that ability to mold this world in that fashion. And just imagine. That if the whole of humanity globally had the same type of constitution as we have here in the United States of America, with certain revisions that were actually very, very good for the future of humanity, for the rights and the freedoms of humanity. That's the world I envision. One where opportunity is paramount, where opportunity is the thing that we progress and work towards. Because opportunity drives ingenuity. It drives innovation. It drives progression, technological progression, social progression. Right? I want to play a video here. And, and this is kind of, uh, it's a few minutes long, but this is a good explanation of some things of kind of how our world has changed economically. I saw this TikTok the other day about how we all feel broke. And they were saying that... Um, during the Great Depression, the average American was making $4,300 a year, which is the equivalent of like $95,000 by today's standard. So I had to go look that up. I had to do my own research. And this is what I found. So I found this list of the cost of things in 1938, which is at the very end of the Great Depression. Okay, so you can see the list. Now I'm going to tell you what that actually amounts to in today's numbers. So the wage for one year in 1938 was averaging $1,731, which is the equivalent in today's standard of $37,193. So that was where I was having a big disbelief was in the amount of wages that they made in the Great Depression versus today. Because I make more than that, but 
it's saying that the national average is 63,400 for today. Now, while I can buy that 37,000 is uh, not a lot of money by today's standard, um, here's where the real kicker is. In the Great Depression, a house cost $3,900. That amounts to an inflation rate of $83,000 where in actuality, houses are averaging over $420,000. Yeah, that's why we feel broke. Oh, but it gets even worse because cars in the Great Depression cost $860, which amounts to about $18,000. But in actuality, cars are going for over $40,000 now. Here's the big one. $420 a year for tuition at Harvard, which should be $9,024. Now that's about what an average college costs these days. Harvard today is $54,000 a year. So during the Great Depression, they had to spend two and a quarter times their salary in order to get a house. And by today's standards, you have to spend six almost seven times your salary to get a house. A car costs less than half of their salary. Whereas by today's standards, uh, you, you are spending almost your whole salary for a year buying a car. I was That's only gonna last you about two or three years before it starts breaking down and having all the maintenance problems. Yeah, or explodes in your garage because it has a faulty battery. That's right. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, that was funny. So, the moral of the story is, is that we can wow. have a better world. People, there's a better world waiting out there for us. We're in something worse than the Great Depression. It sounds like already. we are absolutely That's in something so worse wild. than the Great Depression. And That's what's so happening crazy. is it's just being manipulated and egged on. Because they're building it up for one giant collapse, whether that happens during a natural derived cataclysm or man-made, I don't know. Um, we've discussed it many times, though. But the point is, is that there's going to come a point of vulnerability on this planet where humanity is going to have to rise up and that we're going to have to start taking back. And we have to start thinking about these ideas. How do we help each other? How do we preserve rights, liberties, and freedoms? How do you preserve the rule of law? Those are important questions to start looking at because if the situation that we all think is going to occur in the next few years to where we have to rebuild, you better know how to what to build into. Because if you don't, they're definitely going to come down and say, we got this all figured out. We've already laid it out. Here it is. Into it's seen time to be alive. Biden said today there's still some deniers out there in terms of whether or not climate change had anything to do with any of this. We're going to need a whole hell of a lot more money. Yep. And everywhere you turn, it's arson, arson, arson for all of these fires. Hmm. They need more money to keep their scam going. Because That's people right. are waking up. From Tara Bull on Twitter here. Did Joe Biden just confirm that the Lahanya fires were planned to build back better? Let's watch this. 
want to restore that part of the island like it was before, only better. To that end, when I was on the island last week, I appointed Bob Fenton, one of the nation's leading emergency managers, and I mean that, that's not hyperbole, who's been on the ground in Hawaii since before the fires erupted as our chief federal response coordinator to lead our long-term recovery on Maui. I've charged him with making sure the community has everything, everything the federal government can offer to heal and build back better as fast as possible. You know, he'll be giving me a report virtually on Maui when I walk out of this room and go to the cabinet room of our meeting in just a few minutes. So what the hell did Joe Biden just say there? I appointed Bob Fenton, one of the nation's leading emergency managers who's been on the ground in Hawaii since before the fires erupted as our chief response coordinator to lead our long recovery term in Maui and to build back better. Called it. I, you know, it was interesting too, because the FEMA photographer on September 11th was actually there on September 10th. Right. (laughs) And he's disappeared. He's, he's gone now. My God. Uh, Proud boys member Joe Biggs has been sentenced to 17 years in prison for January 6th. Uh, I believe that he'll most likely be pardoned by Donald Trump if Donald Trump is able to get in the office. Um, but that is a warning to all of you not to stand up against government. Pretty much. That's yeah. what that is. Uh, you know, there's a big push on misinformation. You know, Facebook in Canada um, are censoring news. We have Europe basically making certain protocols to censor news all around Europe. Um, this is how they're fighting you and me. This is how they're fighting alternative media is they're targeting us through these big social media conglomerates by finding them. And so, you know, maybe, maybe we need to create a channel on the dark net so people can still watch us. That would be an interesting project. Where's my hackers out there. I need one. Come on oh. out there and build us a website on the dark net. Huh? Uh, video emerged with uh, Progrosian showing him just days before. It was actually days before. The video was taken days before in Africa, before the plane crash, saying that uh, anything saying that I'm dead is just bullshit. So I don't know. Maybe he's still alive. We'll see. Who knows? We'll have to see. Uh, guys, tonight we have the After Dark Q&A. That is on socialredpill.com. If you're new to the socialredpill.com, you're signing up as a free member and you want to join in on that, just send me a message. I will send you out the link. If you are a paying member on socialredpill.com or are subscribed anywhere from Substack, Rumble, your monthly subscriber anywhere out there, Pilled, DLive, just hit me up. I will get you the link. Uh, hit me up on socialredpill.com. Um, if you are on socialredpill.com, a paying member, and you don't know where the link is, go to groups, go to your prospective link, a uh, member's group, So Patreon Plus, uh, uh, Admiral Elite, whatever it is. And if you look in the featured section under that group, the link's right there. If you still can't find it, just send me a message, send Vince a message, so any any of my mods a message, and we'll get you that link. We're going to be heading over there in just a minute. The chest and the scratching have been released. Uh, Let me go in here. And I don't recall donated one ice cream, Grismo 73 Lemons, RPG 3573, four ice creams, Black Jester 1017 Lemons. 
Uh, guys, this is the battle of the streams that we have. D Live, Rumble, Pilled, and Facebook. Thank you so much. I don't recall Grismo Seven RPG Thirty Five Seventy Three Black Jester, Glam- Grandma Five Revolt Five Lemons. That's Lori. Stuck Patriot supporter on Rumble. One dollar. Georgia on Peachy Fanny. All right, Stuck Patriot. I saw that you just started that cybersecurity. Awesome. I can't wait to hear that you're the hacker that builds us our whole network on the darknet. That'd be awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Lori and Stuck Patriot. There. Uh, Jenica donated one diamond. Jordan Peterson would be a great guest to have on. Yeah, it would be if you could book him. <laughs> I would love to get Jordan Peterson on, but you got to book him and maybe you can reach out to him for me. That'd be awesome. Love the beach. Donated two ice creams. Um, L L Eliep donated two lemons. Patreon got Pisces three lemons. Thank you so much. Love the beach. Eliep and Patreon got Pisces. Another diamond from Patriot of Pisces, Lori there with three lemons and Eliep with one lemon. Patriot of Pisces, Gramify Revolt, and Eliep. Thank you so much. RPG 3573, one ice cream, Bayonet, one lemon. Jenica, five lemon, and Marilou, five lemon. Thank you so much. Bayonet, RPG, Jenica, and Marilou. Charlie, 25, one diamond, and Dean the Bean, 911, one diamond. Thank you guys for all the donations. It absolutely does help. Uh, it helps keep us alive, keep us surviving, and keep the Red Pill Project moving forth. And it really wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to be here without you guys. So much appreciated for all the support out there. Tomorrow we have conversations on the fringe. Uh, I was, I asked David Dubain if he wanted to come back tomorrow and have a more in-depth discussion. I will text him tomorrow in the morning to see if he is able to do that. If not, it'll be just myself, probably solo. Maybe I can get a guest, uh, but I am thinking of some topics to talk about. It's going to be a fun show either way. We go to fringe after dark after that, our zoom tonight. Fringe after or, uh, the after dark Q and a starts in about 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I'll be on there. Watch I'll, I'll be on there right after this, but about 20 minutes, I'll actually be on there. So go and check that out. But much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. Have a great night. We're going to see you guys next time. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me Ipatch McCain. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And uh, you know that's the beginning of communism.